0: Welcome to Allendale Market Talk podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. First time back in the studio since COVID hit, so uh, welcome back, Mike. Thanks for having me, Greg. And I think we should go over a little
1: uh, housekeeping before
0: we start this thing up. We we do have a little bit of business that we need to talk about. Uh, The Allendale Summer Outlook Conference is coming up on July 29th and 30th. It's webinar-based format where. Uh, we can get you in for a podcast special forty nine dollars. That's a hundred bucks off the uh, the regular price. If you call in after you listen to this, you mentioned that you heard it on the podcast. Uh, talk to Zach; he will get you a hundred dollars off that uh, that entry fee. So, what we've got on the twenty ninth, which is Wednesday, Drew Lerner is going to talk about uh, weather. He's going to fill us in on hopefully uh La Nina and what the what impact that might have on uh pod fill for beans and finishing out the rest of the growing season. And then uh we're going to talk on the 30th about the grains. Uh Mike, Steve and I are going to talk about corn, beans and wheat. And then uh we'll get into uh trying to figure out what where we're going to go with these uh with these markets uh, as we go into harvest for for the corn and the beans and as we uh, start to look out uh, towards Maybe a little more Chinese uh, uh, demand as well. Uh, the last uh, but not least is we're going to have a pre recorded livestock uh, seminar that Rich is going to do for us, and hopefully that'll give us some ideas of what we can do once we get out of this backlog of uh, market ready animals uh, that we've been dealing with since COVID hit. So let's jump right into our topic for the day. Let's complain about these markets, Mike. Oh, I love to do that. One. <laughs> so let's, let's let's face it. I mean, these markets are boring. Mm-hmm. We're we're trending lower in corn after see, after seeing that uh, uh, that number from the USDA at the end of June, uh, five million acres less than expected. Um, I mean, seriously, we're barely hitting a hundred thousand contracts trade. Uh, in corn, I think we're seventy-five to 80,000 contracts or so on beans. I mean, what do you do with this?
1: At this point, there's not a lot you can do. You have low volatility in the market, so option premiums aren't that great to sell. Uh, you, you're back in a range here for corn that we sat in from the end of April to early June. And at this point, it seems like there's so much unknown out there that everyone says, well, you know what, I'll just stand on the There's no
0: point. Well, and the worst part is, with corn especially, if you've got uh, your crop insurance that uh, pays you 85%, 330 is exactly where we sit. That's exactly where that insurance price comes in for you. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's not much that you can do from here. You're not hedging because, well, let's face it, you've got your insurance there um i mean what do you what do you do at this point when the market decides it's going to stick into a range and all it wants to do is is kind of trade back and forth of three thirty to three forty maybe we do see it go a little bit lower, but I mean the weather is still bearish. We continue to see you know good pro, uh, uh production uh, uh out of uh, out of corn and if, let's face it the beans look pretty gosh darn good too
1: mm-hmm yeah, there's just really, I mean, at this point, not a lot you can do. You can change the range if you want, uh, looking at buying at the low, selling at the high, uh typical way you, you would change a range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, I mean, not a lot of good, stable movement in one direction or another to really start picking up some money one way or another. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in a dead, dead zone, and obviously no one wants to touch it. You have the funds who are pretty neutral on the bean side of things. Uh, you're really not going to see how, be- how well the beans are until we get to August, so not a lot there. You have China buying, but at the same time, we're also uh, throwing insults back and forth, so that's still an unknown. And it really just seems like there's so much out there, and this is such a unstable market that at any time a gust of wind could come by and just blow everything apart. Yeah. Given And on top of that, it's an election year, so you have the unknown about that as well. And it just seems like you're going nowhere. The scary thing to think about is during election years, typically from September, mid-September to December, you really don't go much of anywhere. And it's a little unsettling to know that maybe that's going to be the whole year this year with the amount of just really everything up in the air.
0: Now, we did get a uh, coronavirus, uh, not we, but the uh, uh, farmers uh, did get coronavirus uh, uh, relief or food payment or whatever they called it, the CFAP or whatever it's called. But uh, um, supposedly there is a second uh, payment coming out of that. But have you heard anything from uh, about uh, maybe another MFP payment? Because let's face it, I mean, when you're sitting this low on corn or – even beans at $9 or roughly $9 is not – I mean, that's not setting anybody's world on fire.
1: Yeah, I've heard rumblings that it's setting up to look like there will be another MFP payment. Nothing set in stone, but you have to imagine with all the payments that have been thrown out over the last year, right before the election, it's pretty likely that you will see another payment Maybe come
0: secure in. some votes.
1: Something. <laughs> Okay. But it's it's probably not out of the realm of possibilities with how depressed price has been all year, sure. how just terrible everything has been in general. You're getting a second uh, sounds like you're getting a second stimulus bill uh, for the coronavirus. So to think that the farmers are going to get another MFP is not out of the realm of possibilities. Right
0: now, something that uh, that's you know we had a very active end of June, beginning of July, and then it kind of seemed like once we got past the USDA report in July, here, what was it, the, the 10th or whatever day it was, um, everything just kind of died off again. And, you know, prices kind of backed off on, on corn. We did catch a, a, a nice rally in corn from uh, from basically the end of June to the first, oh, I think it was the first or second of July. Uh, and then we went sideways until we got to the USDA report, and then it was all over. Mm-hmm. Is that what we have to expect, is that we kind of sit and do nothing until we get to this August report? Um, I mean, even though we're seeing decent demand out of China, I mean, 3.3 million tons uh, of corn. I don't know the exact figure on beans, but they bought four or five days in a row now. They continue to buy. We continue to see China's name pop up uh, when it comes to wheat. Um, I mean, is this what what we're going to do? We're going to trade for three or four days out in the month and then just go back into the range that we were at before?
1: Maybe. We're going to have to see how, how we treat this 330 now that we're sitting down there here at the end of the day. Uh, see if you can get a break and close below 330. If you do, you could probably see some more directional movement to the downside, trying to maybe retest those contract lows, maybe go and break them. Uh, still, I'm still expecting some kind of mid-August low to be sent in place, some kind of pre-harvest low uh, before returning to some kind of range into September. Um, but at this point, we really need to see some kind of interest one way or another to enter this market to keep this thing going you You saw seeing some old crop farmer selling here, the last of it dumping out, and you you're really not seeing any support from this market, so potentially that what keeps bringing us lower is you just have some farmer selling and no one willing to catch the market mm-hmm. Though uh you got kind of the air pockets there um just dropping us lower with lower volume.
0: Now, you, uh, in the past with uh, with our show here, you've, you've done a lot of uh, technical uh, analysis for us. Is there anything that uh, is setting up for you that you've noticed, uh, whether it's corn, beans, or wheat, uh, from a technical perspective that we need to be watching out for?
1: The thing that I really want to watch this year, and it's something you really got to pull your charts out uh, far back for, is looking at a major bear market bottom from those highs of 2012. You had your your big uh, gap right in there in your third wave, and for the last, since 2014, really been in this very large sideways range. Uh, and this year, with the amount of just bearishness, how it's just as awful as it gets, you have the psychology exactly where you need it to say that this is never coming back, and that's typically what you do during your fifth wave. Uh, you're you're breaking out to the downside. So if you do get sub three dollars, you got some good projections down there uh, in in the higher two dollar area that could be gearing up for those major bear market bottoms. And the reason I like this idea so much not so much for the prices, not so much for the farmers because it's going to be awful but the fact that maybe we finally get commodity so cheap that. You see all this institutional money come back into the market and wanting to buy something, especially with the uh, unknown nature of the equities, coming in here and buying something physical, something they can grab, uh, much like we saw back in the uh, later 2000s.
0: Now, where there'll be uh, a lot of people uh, over the last few months, obviously, with, uh, with being shut down the way that we were for, for COVID and all that stuff, um, there's a lot of uh, people looking for this V-shaped recovery in the equities, the Dow itself, whatever. But uh, is there? Do you feel like uh, at some point we're going to see? Now that we're seeing the, the dollar break off, uh, are we going to see some sort of inflationary buying across the commodity space? You'd have to assume there's been a lot of things that have
1: been gearing up on the equity side of things that don't entirely. Equate that well, how quickly we have rallied in the equities with the Fed continuing to come in here and cutting rates, which typically is not what happens. You have to assume that, that that will come into play.
0: Yeah. And those rates, uh, from what I understand, they have no expectation to raise those uh, until 2022 at this point. So, I mean, you're talking at least another year and a half before they, they even put that on the table to uh, to bring that back around. So that could uh, that could help prop things up. Chinese demand, you know, you you do always have a supply and demand aspect to inflation. Um, Chinese demand could definitely be a part, a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of weather events,
1: events take place over there. Uh, potentially that really cuts into the supply. I know you're seeing dryness concerns a part of uh, Europe and you're seeing obviously historic flooding in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, so potentially we do have some kind of large events going on on the other side of the sea that could be helping us out, right. uh, take at least a good chunk out of our supply problem that we have over here.
0: Yeah, they've uh, what they've been doing, anybody that hasn't been watching, is they've been uh, selling out of their state reserves. So what they do, when prices uh, domestically get too high for their liking, they will go to that cheap corn or cheap beans or rice or you name it and they'll they'll sell those out of their state reserves because that opens things up for them to be able to come back in and refill those because let's face it i mean look at uh, look at our prices our prices are cheap right now you know whether it's the uh, the beans or the corn there's they're about as cheap as you can get and they they've continued to come in and buy the I, the likelihood that they'll come in and buy rice from us has been talked about now for uh for a few months and the idea that they've been buying wheat um, and cotton they will continue to buy that and they should continue to buy it that looks good provided that we don't screw it up you know like you said they we've throwing we're throwing insults back and forth at each other left and right you know to the point of where we've severely damaged the relationship uh, according to the president and uh, that that is something to to be cautious about but that should help to bring us back around as they need to refill those state reserves
1: mhm yeah so maybe it maybe happens soon maybe we keep on this path of uh chinese buying or maybe they wait for everything to absolutely collapse and Pull what they kind of did in uh, 08 when they just bought a decades worth of metals. Yeah,
0: this is going to be this is going to be very important, and you know it's not just necessarily from a brokerage uh, perspective, is but definitely stay in touch with uh, the Allendale podcast here and talking to uh, to your broker contact or talking to your elevator contacts uh, to see what they're what they're hearing because if we start to see these markets take off this could be a good opportunity for maybe selling profitable cash uh, later on after harvest and you know obviously give opportunities uh, from the brokerage perspective of uh, of long uh, long positions if the, if it makes sense to your to your operation most definitely
1: and make sure you give us a call and give Zach a call for that uh, great deal on our conference that's coming up here very shortly but today for Allendale market talk this is Mike Lund Greg McBride you guys have a great one